It's time for another edition of Family Life Today, presented by Power to Change, known in America as Family Life. Welcome. We trust you'll find today's program interesting and hope it will be a great encouragement to you and your own family situation. So let's join our presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson. So believe it or not, there's over 50,000 Google searches in the U.S. every month Okay. on these seven phrases. Oh, you know what I'm they are? interested. No, I have no idea. What are the signs of divorce? Hmm. Uh, should I be getting a divorce? What are the signs your marriage is over? Is my marriage over? What about Christian divorce? Can Christians get divorced? What does the Bible say about divorce? And does the Bible talk about divorce? Is there divorces in the Bible? How many? Say that again. 50,000 50, word searches. Yeah. I mean, this, this is topic. a topic a lot of people want answers to. And this is a topic we're going to give some answers to today. We've got, I think, the person in the studio that, of all people I know, can answer this question. Dr. Wayne Grudem is back with us at Family Life Today. Welcome back, Wayne. Thank you. Good to be with you. A lot of our listeners will know you. I'm, I'm sitting with a book you just handed to us. Right. So I have two books, Dave. Um, one is Systematic Theology, which is what we believe about the Bible, about God and his nature, about the Trinity, hmm. about creation, about human beings made in the image of God, about sin, about the person of Christ, how he earned our salvation and what different aspects belong to salvation. And then... Uh, the doctrine of the church and what it is and how it should act and the doctrine of the future, what we should expect. Now, this book that I just gave you this morning is a kind of a second attempt at writing a larger textbook. But this time it talks about what we should do, how we should act in life, lying and telling the truth, protecting human life, protecting marriage, hmm. uh, use of money. Those are ethical questions. And so Systematic Theology, the first book, tells us what we should believe. Christian Ethics, the second book, tells us how we should act. Right. Today, we're going to talk about divorce and remarriage. What does the Bible have to say about divorce and remarriage? We've talked about abuse. We talked right. about infidelity. You have in here, too, and when we talk about, in such cases, abuse of children, Yes. After I published this material in this little book called What the Bible Says About Divorce and Remarriage, a longtime friend of mine who was a professor at another seminary wrote to me and said he was subject to physical abuse from his father, along with several of his siblings. Mm. I had never known that about him. And he said through Christ's help and the help of friends, he's overcome most of the resulting brokenness that came from that physical abuse. But his other siblings have not. Wow. Hmm. And they're well into adulthood now. So, yes, abuse of children certainly could be a, a similar case, damaging the marriage. And for the protection of the children, the, the other spouse should leave. Hmm. Which is, you know, comforting to hear because if you're in a marriage hey. and you're feeling like, well, I'm not being abused by him or her, my right. spouse, but you're watching or you have knowledge that your kids, especially little kids, we often have thought the Bible says, well, I just got to stay here and my kids got to take it. And you're saying, no, God wants to protect your kids. Right, because otherwise they'll internalize a deep sense of injustice, thinking the world is not fair. And I'm thinking of abuse of children, physical and sexual abuse. And it goes along with God's character, who says to us as the church to take care of orphans, to take care yes. of widows, those yes. who have no voice. 
of course, it would make sense that this would be another reason in those cases that God would say this would be a case where I would approve. Right. It's not God's way with his people to command them to stay in a situation of suffering where there is a, place, a way to escape it. Yeah. There's suffering in all of the Christian life that we can't escape, but where we can escape it, as the Israelites were able to escape from slavery in Egypt. Yeah. So God wants us to escape from it. Well, the next one is extreme, prolonged, verbal, and relational cruelty. This is tricky because how do you define that? But I feel like some people have said, like, this is feels like I cannot stay in this. My husband or wife is cruel. So let's talk about that one a little bit. Yeah, I, I should say, and all of these examples are cases where I'm not saying in every case the person should get a divorce. I'm saying these are situations that might have the degree of seriousness that would justify a divorce. And That's a good note. It's up to pastors and uh, other church leaders and friends to give advice according to their understanding of Scripture and give wise, wise advice. So, but I'm saying there are cases where. I guess I could say, imagine living every day of your life with someone who's continually criticizing you and being angry with you and uh, playing mind games on you and uh, verbally assaulting verbally you. assaulting you. Yeah, this can be an exceptionally damaging situation to a person's own mental well-being, and um, that would be a possible case where a divorce would be hmm. legitimate. Yeah, and, and again, like Anne said, it. It's the balance of trying to understand, is this cruel? Is this over the, you know, line yeah, cruelty? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good qualifier. But I also like that you noted, if you're going through that, you need people alongside you, godly wisdom, godly yeah. counsel, that will walk through and someone else that can say like, yes, I see that what's happening and I believe and even talking to a pastor or someone or counselor that could help you make that decision if right. it's at a point of no return and it is not getting any better. And it, it feels like this person is not repentant, not sorry, remorseful. And so I could see that that could be a time. When you talk about relational cruelty, answer this. What if I'm married to a controlling narcissist? Again, how do you define that? But I feel you're, like you're not. I'm not. <laughs> you already know. But I'm, I'm thinking of somebody that may be listening, saying, "Well, they control me. They and control they turn it everything back on you. And everything's about them. And it always it's like this uh, abuse is spiritual and emotional. And they would be almost defined as a narcissist. Would that fit in there? Hmm. Well, Dave, I'd probably come to you as an experienced pastor and say, "What is your best judgment?" Yeah. Uh, that's a judgment call that people have to make in the individual situation. Yeah. Can it be improved? Is it so damaging to the marriage that uh, the marriage is not functioning as a as a genuine marriage? And so much of this, when you sit down to figure out, can this marriage be saved, in some ways comes back, am I right, to humility, to repentance. Is, yes. If is it, one or two or both of you willing to own their mistakes and their sin and repent? Right. That marriage has hope. When there's no repentance yep. and nothing but pride, boy, oh boy, you're in trouble. Yes. And that's the thing that wise pastors, wise counselors are able to discern yeah. just over years of experience of getting to know 
various people in various situations and then gaining the Lord's insight or wisdom or discernment into what is the real situation. And is it, is it possible with God's help that it will be changed? Is there any, from a human standpoint, is there any expectation that this possibility right. of, uh, of repentance and change? Right. And I think, too, for our listeners, if you're in a situation that's so difficult, I mean, my first thing would be to, and maybe you've already done this, but surrender, like go before Jesus every day, asking him for wisdom, laying your life down before him, your marriage before him, asking him to heal. Like I would go about all those things first. You've probably done that. But for your walk, for you to be so close, so intimate with Jesus, that you are surrendered fully and totally to him. I think before we make any decisions, that would be the greatest part that we could play is that repentance and need and surrender yeah. to Jesus. Thank you, Anne. I agree completely. You know, um, you kept going in, in the book of, of things that a lot of people have never written about. One of the um, rampant sins going on in our culture today is pornography. Yeah. And you mentioned that as Possibly under such cases. And you even have addictions, alcohol addiction, gambling addiction, pornography addiction. Yeah, let's talk about those a little bit. How does a couple decide if this is grounds for divorce in terms of pornography or maybe even alcohol addiction? Well, these are situations, I say, that require wise consideration. Abuse, abuse of children, prolonged verbal and relational cruelty credible threats of serious physical harm or murder, and then incorrigible drug or alcohol addiction. I used this word incorrigible the other day in a classroom setting, and some students said, what's incorrigible? (laughs) (laughs) It can't be fixed. Mm. Well, recently I was with a wife. She has two kids. She's pregnant, and she said, my husband is constantly drinking, and he's doing drugs in front of the kids. He cheats and he looks at pornography all the time. And she said, I've kind of turned my eye from that. But the fact that he's doing drugs in front of my kids. Yeah. And that's where I was like, oh, honey, this is not good. I said, does he have any sort of repentance, any sort of remorse? And because he's not saying like, maybe somebody struggled with pornography and they're struggling in it and they're wanting to break free. This is a situation where he's like, this is who I am, and this is what you get. I think the Apostle Paul would say, in such cases... (laughs) Me too. The uh, believing brother or sister is not enslaved. That's the only place in the Bible that marriage is talked about in terms of slavery. Hmm. So Paul is saying, to stay in those situations is like slavery. God doesn't want to leave you in that slave situation. Well, I've never thought of it like that. And I told her, first step is... You know, really pray. I said that. Go before God. Ask God, what does he long for you? He loves you. Because sometimes I think people feel like God has abandoned them. Yes, yes. And he hasn't. He's there. He's with you. And I said, it might be that you need to separate yourself. Separate. See what happens when you separate. Will that shake him into like, what am I doing? Or maybe getting help or a therapist or a pastor that's stepping in and see where it goes from there. But, Anne, the, that situation is, is a triply wrong situation. There's a drug abuse, there's alcohol abuse, and there's pornography. And, and cheating, infidelity as well. Oh, there's certainly ground for divorce, massive ground for divorce. Right. And for, for different reasons. 
But I give her credit. She's thinking about her kids like, oh, I don't want my kids to carry that being a child from a divorced family because she had carried that. But she was right. in a situation. But her children are going to carry some other wounds from the sinful conduct of the father. Yeah. And yet, you know, as as you look at these different qualifications that come under in such cases, someone could say, well, it just seems like you're opening the door to divorce. Like there's so many options. How do you respond to that? I don't think you are, but I'm just playing the devil's advocate a little bit. Well, if you don't hold this position, you're opening the door to slavery. Mm. That is, you're leading the, uh, the abused spouse in a situation of enslavement. And Paul says, in such cases, the bleeding brother or sister is not enslaved. <laughs> I'm not arguing for divorce for all kinds of reasons. Right. Husband and wife are arguing or they can't agree on something about the children or activities that, or what they're going to do with this amount of money or something like that. Right. God's intention, we come back to the beginning, is permanent lifelong union between one man and one woman. And that's the, that's what we should work for as the ideal. But in some cases, it's just not happening. And this uh, incorrigible gambling addiction, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, pornography addiction, incorrigible means that you've tried again and again to fix it and it can't be fixed. Mm. And then it takes wisdom to know and certainly prayer for understanding and discernment to know when that's when that is the case. Let's uh, discuss this. If uh, I feel like after even reading your book and studying the Bible that I've gotten divorced in an unbiblical way, I shouldn't have gotten divorced. I'm not remarried. Right. My former husband or wife is not remarried. Yeah. How would you counsel that person? Let's see if the marriage can get back together. Yeah. Preserve the marriage. The husband and wife still have opportunity to make their marriage work. Hmm. And so let's try to do that first. Now, if the one or the other spouse refuses to even talk, uh, then the marriage has been abandoned and the divorce would be legitimate. Yeah, you know, it's interesting as you look at some of the questions from our uh, website, I'll throw a couple to you because we've got an expert <laughs> sitting right across the I table. I know, this is kind of like amazing. Here, here's one of the top questions. When is remarriage allowed by the Bible? I think whenever there's been a legitimate divorce, that remarriage is always allowed. Now, there's a minority viewpoint in the Christian church that says sometimes divorce is allowed but never remarriage. Mm. But my response is, if divorce is allowed, then the husband, previous husband and wife are single. They're not married to anybody. So why is remarriage not allowed? Here's another one. How long should I wait before I decide to get a divorce? How long should I fight? For this marriage? Well, it depends on the situation. It really does, doesn't there's it? No, there's no one answer to that. I think there can be situations where the abuse was so violent and so extreme mm. that it would be foolish to put a wife or a husband back in that situation where the abuse has occurred. And it would be legitimate immediately. Other cases, um, mm. there may be hope yet for restoration. I thought this was a good question that came in, too. What should I tell my kids about the divorce? How much detail do I give them about the circumstances surrounding it? Oh, boy. One guideline, Anne, is give them enough detail so that if they later found out more details, they wouldn't think you were lying to them mm. or That's deceiving why. them. Yeah. They don't need to know all the details, but to say, sadly, Daddy didn't want to be married anymore. Mm. or mommy didn't want to be married anymore. 
And children at their level, whatever their age, will understand it in age-appropriate ways. That's wise, I think. They need to have some explanation and reassurance that it's not because of them. I talked to one woman whose husband had continually cheated on her. Yeah. And she didn't know what to do. She had three kids. She said, I don't, like, is it wise for me to stay here? It feels like he's going to a place that's dark, there's drugs. And I said, I think the thing that would be wise to do is to tell him, and you can tell your kids, I'm choosing us and our family. That's my, I'm choosing us and God in the midst of that. And to her husband, it feels like you are no longer choosing us. Yes. You're choosing other things until you can choose us. I will be gone, you know, and I'm taking our kids. We're going to be in a position of we're trusting God. We're walking with him. And then to wait that out a little bit. I mean, they weren't divorcing. They weren't divorcing. They were separating. But because as she separated, his lifestyle was showing that there was no change. He was still kind of going down that same route of unfaithfulness, drug addiction. So she's pursued, started pursuing a divorce. And then he had this total flip where he gave his life to Jesus. Wow. He repented. He came back. Wow. And so their marriage was restored. He said to her, I don't want to live my life without you and without the kids. Yeah. Like, I see that the best part of my life was our marriage. Good. And so it did have this great... Separation for a time did have a good result. And now it doesn't always. No. But there are some circumstances where it can. Probably 25 or 30 years ago, we became aware of a situation in our church where the husband was being abusive toward his wife, physically abusive toward his wife. Mm. And one day when I was teaching and my wife Margaret was at home, she and two of my sons were in high school, went to the woman's home and helped her move to an undisclosed location Wow! and uh, put the husband on warning that um, this was threatening the marriage. And that resulted in a good result. Uh, it turned out for a good result. Um, the marriage was restored, and 10 years later, we inquired about it. We had moved to another church, and their marriage was fine. Hmm. Wow. So it, it was a separation that shocked the husband into saying things have to change. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes that's what, what happens. I mean, I know many wives, many husbands are afraid of that step, separation, yeah, because I think it's almost like divorce, but it's really separation with the hopes of reconciliation. Exactly. And just as you both said, there are times when that's exactly what God does, and it, it brings that humility, it brings that repentance. Right. It's, Other times it doesn't do that, but when it does, God uses right. it. It's saying to the uh, other spouse, "This is what you're heading for." Let them feel uh, it a little bit. Yeah. What is the best way for a church or even a Christian community to respond to people in our church or in our community that are walking toward divorce? I mean, maybe it's just what we said, but when you think of that question, like what what is a healthy way to help people that are really, really struggling with any one of these cases that could lead to divorce? I'm just thinking of us as married friends how can we be best be friends to other people do we do we come in there and read them the bible and tell them that you know they should divorce or not divorce do we come in there and love them do we come in there and speak the truth or or is it all the above i think i just have to say it depends yeah because we don't know the specific situation i'd pray for guidance yeah for the lord to show us and give us wisdom what we should say if we should say anything and if we should say something when we should say it 
Yeah, obviously in that case with your sons and you and your wife, you saw signs that said we have to help be radical. Right. We have to come in and do something radical You're protecting right now. Her. Right. And and the wife in that case wanted to get out. She wanted the marriage to be saved, but she needed to get away for a time first to show the husband that it was a very serious problem. Ann and I just want to say thank you for our listeners. In behalf of our listeners, you've brought a lot of wisdom. Mm-hmm. You are a man of the Word of God, so everything you teach and say is based on this. It's not your idea. And you're holding your it's Bible. It's the Word of God. Yeah, you can't see it. <laughs> you're listening to audio, but I'm holding my leather-bound Bible right here. And thank you. This mm-hmm. is going to bring freedom and hope and, and help to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Good to be with you, Dave and Ann. Thank, thank you. you. thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Marriage is a beautiful thing when it's working well, but when it's not, it can stretch us beyond what we ever thought possible. Would you be willing to contribute to our Save a Marriage Fund, used to help sponsor everyday Australian couples who are on the brink? To give a gift, please navigate to our website at families.powertochange.org.au under the Helping Couples tab. Until tomorrow at the same time, God's richest blessings on your family. Music.